you never know where you're going if you don't look back Hold it tight like a fist for it fades to black You got a relic, best to keep it true A ticket to the past, it can bring you to You got a relic, it come far and few Remember what you do, it comes back on you A relic, best to keep it true A ticket to the past, it can bring you to You got a relic, it come far and few What's good people? This is the Relic Podcast. I'm Chad Snow, and thank you for listening on episode 70. And I got some weird, like, uh, feedback going on in my headphones. I hope it doesn't, you guys can't hear it. If you can, I apologize, but I can hear it. But I'll just fight through it. It is what it is. So back in 1999, I started teaching in Monaga, Minnesota. I've said that before on here. And this is my first year teaching there. Yeah, it was 1999. And uh, I was teaching like elementary PE. I was teaching middle school and high school PE. And I also had two classes of health, an uh, eighth grade class and a 10th grade class. And in my 10th grade class, I had this student that was smart, witty, Good sense of humor. Borderline smart ass. Actually, not even borderline. He was just a smart ass. And I kind of liked it because it reminded me of me. And he was easy to rein in. All I had to do was like kind of look at him and he would kind of get the picture. So he would crack jokes. Everyone would laugh. So right away, I understood, okay, this guy's the kind of leader of the gang. And then he, there were some other kids in the class. <clears throat> excuse me, other kids in the class that would try to do the same thing as he was doing, but it didn't quite work off as well because they could not reel it in and they couldn't get the social cues, I guess you could say. But this guy could get it, and I understood that right away. He was a leader, not a follower, a straight-up leader, and I appreciated that of him. And he wasn't a basketball player, so we didn't have that connection. But fast forward, however many years this, this is, I can't do the math right now. I'm not a mathematician, but it's been a long time, 20 years. And this guy has, we've never lost contact. I can't think of a time where we've ever lost contact. And he's on with me today, and we're just going to be talking about stuff and life. And what makes us connect? Because whatever it is, we have a good connection. And I've wanted to get him on here before. I've had his brother. I did an episode on his brother, Jeff. And today I got Pete. Pete, I'm going to unmute you. And we're going to start back at 1999. If you remember that health class, I want you to take us back a little bit. And talk about that 1999 and where where you were coming from right at that point. Take it away. Well, thanks, Chad. <laughs> well, you know how it is when you're uh, you're figuring things out in life. You're always searching for validation, and sometimes you, you know, like in my case, I use like the the easy ways to get validation, you know, maybe a joke at somebody's expense or, uh, you know, uh, doing something crazy in the, in the gym class, you know, like walking on my hands or, or whatever, you know, anything that was, uh, quick and easy, you know, rather than, than, uh, just be really trying to, trust people to like me who I for who I am you know it was more it was all about about show right but you were good at it you were good at <laughs> yep. it and like I said when I first started talking you were able to pick up on social cues so right away I don't know if you got that from me or you saw that in me like okay maybe I'll just stop or maybe I'll just tame it down a little <laughs> bit but it never got out of hand and that's what I liked about it I was like oh this guy this kid gets it and you, you were smart enough to figure that out, and I always appreciated that about you. And I also appreciated the fact that you didn't 
you didn't abuse your leadership within your peer group. We had, you know, we were at a small school, so there wasn't a ton of kids, but all of them followed your lead. And that was something apparent right from the jump. How did that happen? How actually take us back to how you grew up, where you grew up and let people know that part of the story first. Okay, I'll uh, real quick before I forget that class. You know, you, you know, you were the alpha in there, and I think it was kind of a, you know, the the hierarchy of leadership or whatever you want to say. Like, I might have been the leader of the of the kids, but when when I maybe was <laughs> getting out of hand, you you did give me that look. But there was other teachers that were pushovers, and as a as a kid with with some intelligence, you could take advantage of them. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't know that that game that mm-hmm. you did. You know, Bruce Olson, you didn't mess with him. You shout know, there was some shout teachers. out to Bruce Olson, well, the greatest of all time. Right so. There, the goat, Monaga. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> but yeah so my upbringing um i was very fortunate to have uh two best parents in the world um Anne and my late dad ike they uh um i won't say um let me do pretty much whatever i want but they kind of they trusted me with a lot. You know, I remember mm-hmm. building fires with my brother when we were like seven, shooting guns, you know, when we were seven, eight years old, you know, like just stuff like you, I can't imagine my kid doing nowadays. Like I, I need to be right there, I'm maybe overprotective, you know, but a lot of trust, you know, and we were always doing things. My dad, I looked up to him. He had, he was, uh, he had like big arms, you know, mm-hmm. the strength you know, that was valued by by me at a young age because of my dad. You know, I remember he always had like, oh my God, what does he do? You know, why is this? Why has he got such big arms? You know, so I would always that got me into working out right away. It inspired me, and then uh, so I don't know if I'm getting off track here. Yes, about my upbringing, but the point is there. My, my dad who had a big influence on all my uh my my drive everything like that my he also he would he would you know and now we're talking about my dad a lot but he uh he was kind of like a handyman around mm-hmm. town Monaga. right so he had like 10 old, old ladies he'd go fix their plumbing for them or whatever and he would hang out with them and have cookies and not ask for money i mean things like that so it Showed me how to, you know, value people like that and treat people with respect. I remember um, your dad, and he his profession. He was he delivered mail, right? Post postman. He he did, yeah. Yeah, so you know, he, I mean, so you saw that every single day. Him waking up and getting after it that way. Yep. Rain, sleet, any any kind of weather, he's out there doing it. Yep. Every every morning. You know, he was up at 5 a.m. And uh, as a kid, I didn't need to get to school till like, you know, the bus came at like 7.30 or something. I still got up with him every morning and we just hung out. I would just sit there just because I wanted to be a, a grown man, you know. Right. <laughs> and that's one thing, too, yeah. that uh, and when we're talking about your dad, obviously now I see a little bit of a connection there because me as a coach, and I'll let people know, Pete never played basketball, so I was never his coach that way. But I would open the gym, as I brought up in other episodes, where I'd open the gym, and he was there. You were there, like, every single morning, as far as I can remember. And you... Border, borderline obsession. Yeah, yeah. But I, what I'm saying is, like, that's one thing that stood out with me, too, is, like, this kid, I didn't, I didn't call him to, hey, Pete, time to wake up, get to the gym. He did it on his own. And then other people would do it too. They would follow you. So you kind of indirectly also helped me build what I was building at Monaga with basketball. And you didn't even play basketball. Shit, you were coming out to practices in the mornings with us. I remember one time you came up to me and asked me if you could join us for 
preseason conditioning. I don't know if you remember that or not, but at first I looked at you like yeah. I looked at you like you're crazy because all right, if you want to puke in a bucket, you can come come with us and puke in a bucket. But you did it, and you were there like every day. You were there, and you didn't have anything to prove. You didn't have anything to earn. You were just doing it because you wanted to. You want to get better. Love getting after it. I still do. I mean, it's <laughs> like you say. You know, you get up every morning and you you do something. You push pull, right? You know, mm-hmm. it's just it's. Uh, I I just talked to one of my coworkers and. I told him I haven't missed more than a week of training since I was 15 years old. I can never more than a week. There's probably been a week due to vacation or something like that, but it never more than a week doing something. And you got into that because of your dad. That's what you said is, was the, I'm going to use a big word here. That was the impetus of you getting, getting, starting to get after it like that. That was the first influence, you know, you know, and then you kind of hit puberty and you start feel, you start seeing some changes and you're like, man, I got the ability to change my body. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. And so then we had this old, I, I see it, by the way, the podcast is explicit, so I can say the word shitty, right? Yeah, you can say <laughs> shitty if you want. Go ahead. We had those shitty old weights in the back. <laughs> right. So I do bicep curls and just, you know, I didn't know what I was doing, but. You know, that's where it kind of started. I think I was like 14 years old, you know, and and then uh, then I, I wanted to get to the gym because, I mean, who doesn't want to bench, you know? Yeah, you got <laughs> to do the curls for the girls, and you also got to bench press. That's all, what it's all about, benching and curls. It's a prerequisite as a, as a you know, middle, junior high, middle schooler, even high schooler to, to have to bench, you know, yeah. max out every day. Yeah, max out every day and then talk about it to everyone else. Like, what'd you bench? How much did you bench today? Even though your form might be just total crap, as long as you get that weight up, that's all that matters. Rotator cuff injuries, but <laughs> no, it was uh, once you remember, I, I mean, even after school, when I graduated, I'd come to your house and be like, hey, you go, uh, you open the gym or I call you or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, even in college and you know it's like man finally i get to do some some real uh weight training instead of stuff in my basement you know like i mean yeah so even after you graduated it was still a constant you're always around we stayed in connection that way you me and shane yeah whenever you had time off you'd come and work out of the gym with me or i would open it up for you and a couple of your friends and it was always yeah and it was and you, you you had people that would tag along. They might not stick it out, but you were always consistent. And uh, going back to the high school thing, you played, correct me if I'm wrong, you played football and baseball, right? Yep. That's right. Talk about your baseball a little bit, because I know that was like the, that was where you breaded your butter on that. Bread, breaded your hey. butter? Your, whatever, you know what I'm saying. Hey, how about this? It was my, it was my passion. <laughs> it was your passion so so when you started playing baseball in Monaga people baseball was like the what everybody did that was like the main sport and so when you start playing that was probably like when really young yeah I I uh I was actually I was probably like 10 which is actually kind of old Right. I remember uh, I liked it before that, but I didn't, you know, my dad and I would, would play catch in the backyard just like, you know, like everybody in America is mm-hmm. supposed to do, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> so I was, uh, I finally got in the Little League and uh, played for Midway and I played Little League and the Little League was big back then. I, I don't know what it's like right now. And, around the Monaga area but it started right there and then you know it's like sandlot so sandlot you know for those people that don't know what that means you know it'd be like a bunch of kids getting together in a park and playing baseball and we played wiffle ball and Shane Karen's backyard he had a wiffle ball uh, like a park and it wasn't like you're just lobbing the you know, throwing the ball 20 miles an hour, we were throwing as hard as we could. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it made us better use like 
I mean, you'd strike out most of the time, but then when you go see a baseball, it was, it was not easy to hit, but it helped, you know? And so our high school team, we, we were pretty good. I started varsity when I was in 10th grade and, um, played throughout that. And I got offers to play in college, you know? What, when did you realize, <clears throat> when did you realize that you were, man, I'm a pretty good pitcher? I was um I was in tenth grade and I I remember I was I was pitching against Sabika and uh Sabika's a town pretty close to Monaga. And uh it was our rival, you know. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Cleveland, Al Cleveland, he was uh coaching and he talked to me, he's like, you know, throw a little harder or something. He said something like like very simple like it was like well yeah of course and i just something clicked right there and i fit pretty well and then i ended up being uh you know one of the top two pitchers on that team was so it wasn't, until your, it wasn't until your sophomore <laughs> year that you like that's right i mean i played like you know like i was always up a level seventh grade i played against eighth graders eighth against ninth and so i yeah. never really took that iteration so i was just one of the guys playing sure then you know started to you know get stronger and throw a little bit harder when i was a sophomore and then you know then i you know i was i guess probably the ace in my junior year and senior year we had good pitching though you know cory putis zach etter yeah yeah the greatest baseball player ever from monaga (laughs) town that zach built he's he's a beast but anyway, yeah, so that's when it started, you know, and then it, it opened a lot of doors, you know, friendships and things like that. I had great support from my mom and dad. Um, I know my mom's going to definitely, if she's listened to this for sure, she's a huge fan of the, the Relic Oh, yes. Podcast. Shout out to your mom, too, for the support, because your mom's always been an A1 supporter of not only me, but you and shoot, I Oh, yeah, big time. I always remember her being like uh Right, a fresh a breath of fresh air with you know between you and Jeff and being a, a mom <clears throat> of players that I've coached and she was always supportive of her and her and your dad. So that almost like family really. So back to uh yeah, and I, I, Oh go ahead, what? Go ahead. No, I was I just gonna say I gotta I gotta give her some support too, you know. I mean I mean it wasn't just my dad, you know. My mom was uh um always steady, you know, like if you know, I'm not perfect. You know, I sometimes I have some emotional shit that I need to talk about. Mm-hmm. And if something's bad or whatever, like she's that person, you know? Right. Yeah. If, it, if it's really bad and she never like, if I did something bad, she would never just say, Hey, you're, you're worthless or you're, you're, she would just listen and mm-hmm. okay, we'll ask a follow-up question. What are you thinking? You know? So, she was that, she is that person, you know, still is, you know, the, the, stuff going on. That listening, the listening part is key. Just knowing that you have someone there to listen that's not going to make you feel a certain kind of way or steer you into thinking a certain kind of way. And baseball, that's right. baseball led you to college, took you to college and you played in college. Yes. I was a sophomore in high school and I, uh, the, the, Central Lakes, it's a community college, junior college. Coach, he uh, he talked to me and Shane, Shane and I said, hey, you guys want to play ball? And it's two years, you don't have to commit to a four-year cheap tuition. So I went there and I committed there and turned down all, I had you know, maybe like four or five offers. And so did Duluth, uh, University of Mary. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so then I went to Brainerd and it was, an awesome decision and i think i i loved it and then i got a scholarship and played at missouri southern state lions down in uh, joplin missouri mm-hmm. so then i finished my college career um just uh you know my degree at um minnesota school of business in wade park but that's not baseball. So, so, but yeah, but anyway, so then you, you get your degree. So that leads us into what you're doing now, which we'll get to. But then when you got out of college, what did you start doing? 
Well, when I got out of college, um, I just said I'm gonna start. I'm gonna, I want to work. I want to be a, uh, a a civilian of the United States and uh, make money and live on my, you know, sustain myself. So I just uh, I start. I I had done, you know, blueberry pines. By Monaga, it's a golf course. I uh, have a had a grounds crew grounds crew experience. So immediately, I'm sitting in the parking lot. Guess where I'm at? The gym, right? Mm-hmm. Got my pre workout going. Can feel the tingles, and I get a phone call from my buddy Chris. Chris used to come to the gym once in a while. Chris Cascatello. Yeah, shout Good out to Finnish Chris. Name I see you, Chris. Chris. <laughs> So we were uh, we were talking, and uh, he's like, "Yeah, I got this job. I'm I'm superintendent of this golf course. I need somebody I can trust." And I said, "I'm your man." <laughs> so we were working fourteen hour days, you know, getting the snow. I mean, there was two feet of snow. So I I, I my plan was to do just to work, and then uh, eventually uh, get a job, and it worked. It worked out. I I, I a job I, to get a job in my field is what I was doing. right right. But I, and I got a, got this, uh, put my resume out there, and I got a job. I got an offer at the hospital in Perham, Minnesota. And uh, what? I interrupt you really quick. What what golf course did you work with Chris at? Wildflower, Wildflower Golf Course, so right by Pelican Lake, is, Minnesota. Oh, okay. Is he still there? No, he's. Uh, now he's still working on Pelican on the other side of the lake. He's like he takes care of this mansion basically. He's, oh, okay. It's got three golf, three three uh, uh, holes for golf, and he's a he's a master at taking care of turf. Uh-huh. He's, he went to Rutgers University. Just a so skilled in that. I mean, the best. Of course, back on my buddy, you know. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta. So, Anyway, yeah, that's that's kind of how that connection started. And I worked in I worked in Perham at Perham Health. It's a hospital. Worked there for nine years, and then I I did personal training at the community center part time. What was your job at the, at the hospital? At the hospital, though, what, what were you doing specifically at the hospital? So when you uh, go into the hospital, there's a rehab area. So it has like a chiropractic. Um, physical therapy, occupational, or cardiac rehab. And I worked back there, and uh, I worked under a chiropractor, uh, Vince Pankinen. Um, he's one of the best, best ever. Of course, I'm just, you know. You got to shout out people. Yeah, plug. give them plugs. Plug them in. <laughs> Vince Pankinen, he's a good, another good Finnish name there, too, by the way. So he's, uh, <laughs> I worked under him for, for, uh, about nine years, eight and a half years, we were, um, you know, exercise and chiropractic, they, they do go hand in hand. So a lot of preventative medicine, I would do like, uh, people can't see this, but corrective air exercises, air quotes there, corrective exercises with people, you know, like just simple things, you know, mm-hmm. straight, the things people can do with their body weight, you know, planking and, uh, bridging and, uh, even like air squats, things like that, mm-hmm. um, depending on what they needed. Rotator cuff, scapular things, you know. So a lot of a lot of that, and the contrast that when I worked at the community center, that was all just like personal training, so fitness, you know, like you know, getting stronger and being able to, you know, run quicker five days, you know. For example, so right. it was more about performance. Mm-hmm. So, and you did that for nine years. Yeah, it was like eight and a half. I, I had my last, I gave my two week notice because I wanted to go full time training because I was getting a lot of clients and I, I like. I, I get the hospital. You know, people come in there; they're they're injured. You know, and it was, I want I want to say depressing, but um, it was. Uh, it got tough sometimes to um, frustrating that you can't fix everybody. Right. And it's not, it's not really your, you, and this is right up your alley. It's not your job to fix people. Not it's at all. They want to fix. And so, then sometimes, yeah. and I'm not saying everybody, so don't 
people out there that have been injured and think that I'm picking on you. I'm not picking on you, but sometimes people use those injuries as an excuse not to get better or to stay exactly where they at because, oh, I can't, I can't do this anymore because I have a bad knee or I can't do this anymore because fill in the blank. You know what I mean? Fill whatever little ailment. You, and I get it. Some people have shit that might be a little bit debilitating, but doesn't stop you from doing other things. So, yeah, I might get off my yes. there. Well, I mean, they just throw the baby out with the bathwater, and, you know, ultimately they probably don't really want to make that choice to put in the work anyways, you know. They use it as an out, an excuse, right? Mm -hmm. Like a lot of things. And and so that kind of spurred you. And I'm asking these people that are listening to this, I'm asking these questions like, I know a lot of them already, but we're doing it for the sake that you guys don't obviously know who he is, so we're getting that part out. You decided, screw it, I want to go out on my own. Talk about that. Yes. Talk about that whole process, because it's not just something you wake up one day and just decide to do. There's planning involved, there's risks involved, there's probably some fear involved, and all that kind of stuff. So I, want, I, want to, I don't know this whole story, so I want to hear about that. Oh man, yeah, fear. You know, it's uh, the the uncertainty. You know, am I going to succeed? Is this a bad decision? Did I, you know, did I burn that bridge and I can't go back? That safe, that comfort. You know, that's the familiarity of of one job and then the unknown of the other. And uh, you know, one of our guys, you and me. He said, um, how did the saying go? You suffer more in imagination than reality. Amen. And so I, it was a good thing for me to do because I realized, like, wow, I was, I was, this was the right decision. People believe in me. And, and so I went to the community center. I was working full time and um, immediately they trusted me and gave me a salary and benefits and you know whatever it was uh it was a a risk and then we you know we were going pretty good and then of course covid hit so you had to be like dynamic you know using this ipad here to you know do a lot of like um uh, virtual training and things like that so i did that for another three years and then uh finally i I I decided it was time to start my own gym. So even that's where I'm at. So during this whole time, like how long were you hemming and hawing about starting your own gym and going out on your own? Like how long did this process take before you actually did it? Well, I I mean, being at the, it had been brought up to me, you know, maybe like seven years ago Mm -hmm. and it just wasn't, I wasn't ready. I didn't, I was really, I was just scared. Right. Really, I was there's two unknowns, but after working on my own um, at the community center, I started realizing like I had a pretty decent client load. You know, like I could do this. I probably could succeed. And so I had a friend of mine. She drew up a business plan, and uh, and due to possible conflicts of interest, I'm not going to use her name, but <laughs> she's uh. She's very smart accountant and uh-huh. uh, very skilled and drew up this business plan and it was like very conservative and it looked like it would work. And I'm like, man, I could do double that. And so I had us, you know, I don't remember what the initial clients were supposed to be, but we, we doubled that in like six months and people loved it. And so our gym is, uh, it's a, uh, uh, you know, you can, I'll, I'll leave this open. You can hate on me a little bit here. It's I'm not going to hate on you. Come on now. Keep going. <laughs> and uh, it's uh, it's Perm Fitness and CrossFit Tejo. So that's the gym. It, but yeah, we, uh, like I said, it's, um, it's a, it was a good decision. Again, fear, a little worry, but this time I knew that this fear was going to be like, it's, it's just part of the process, mm-hmm. you know, a stage I would say of transitioning and, uh, 
once it got going, like I was, I was really surprised. I was like, wow, this, I mean, I knew it would do okay, but you know, it was, there was a lot of support from the community. So, so it's safe to say yeah, around the show. it's safe to say right now that it's doing better than you expected. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is definitely. Um, I don't want to, I can't give any numbers or anything, no. but, um, but, uh, yeah, um, we're pretty pleased. There's, there's four of us working there and, uh, we have a couple part-time people and it's, it's, uh, always an upbeat atmosphere. Now, how does, uh, how does being a, cause you're the owner, you're the top of the food chain. Does it make it difficult having to juggle just being a trainer and also having to worry about staffing and money and paying rent and whatever else goes in? I have no idea because I don't own my own business, but like, there's got to be a lot of shit that you got to deal with besides just going in there and training people. Well, I uh, I have probably the best business partner anybody could ask for. <laughs> I I do most of the the programming and the fun stuff and i get the glory you know mm -hmm. she does all that pain in the ass stuff that's like you know like you just said paying bills and i i don't even know i mean yeah we could make making much money and she could be just you know <laughs> they say cooking but i don't know <laughs> but this is but, the, uh, this is the same one that created the business the the pro the what you said the business plan and that's the same person right no it's a different person. Oh, it's a They're different best person. Friends. Oh, okay. Yep. And uh um yeah, my partner, Becky. Uh-huh. She's uh she's the the brains, you know, behind all the heart like all the stuff that I don't want to do, you don't want to do, you know. No. And just when we got going, I mean I I could see the the wear, but she just kept on it chugging, you know, and, mm -hmm. and and did it yeah i do the easy stuff like training that's easy you just visit with somebody and you run them through a program and you give them a little motivation and they want to be there so it's it's easy you know and then you do some classes we have like four to five per day mm -hmm. um and that's that's fun you know you get some tunes going and uh and you uh um yeah it's just try to motivate you know because you love you and i we love training. We love working out, weightlifting. We love lifting weights, right? Lifting heavy things, yes. Or trying and, to uh, anyway. So, I'm, I'm pushing and, fifty, so it's, I got um, the heavy things might not be as heavy as they used to be, but still pushing. Oh, you pull. look great. Hey, thank you. Pat. Yes, sir. With my Celtics <laughs> jersey, for those of you that can't see, I got my Celtics jersey. This is becoming my new podcast jersey. I rock this as much as I can when I'm doing these podcasts. So. I want to ask a question though about uh, when you the space that you're in, like how did you? Yeah. All this stuff intrigues me because I don't like I said I don't know I listen to my wife because she started her own business and does all that she's a you know CPA blah 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 but I don't have any experience in that so when you're deciding okay I'm gonna open this gym you have to have a space to and in Perm not the biggest place in the world was it hard to find a place to do it at or was there it was it was uh that was a fun thing to do actually um at first you look in the what's for sale real estate mm -hmm. and obviously everything is it's overpriced you know and you're looking and you it's either cheap and you gotta re gut it out and spend just as much money or it's uh it's really expensive and it's a beautiful place. But there was a space that I had always wanted. It was, I mean, ten years ago I saw it and I'm like, God, that's a that's a cool looking building for a for a gym. And so it just so happened that um, I, uh, one of my clients, he's a very influential person in the community. I won't use his name, but um, very influential, very supportive of business. That town is very supportive of business it's one of the most i've never seen anything like it as far as towns are perm is is very supportive of business so anyway i get a hold of this guy and 
he picked me up in his uh uh his land rover range rover whatever one of those rovers the same thing it was a rover anyway so i told him about this place and it was like a month later he had us in there it was uh they were they were using this uh as a, a public transit um garage to park these like two huge like buses not like a school bus not quite that big more like a like a party bus mm-hmm. you know and and so they he found a space for them we went in there and for the first like week i was just laying down rubber mats on the floor um we were just figuring it out you know we were setting everything up and people were so like i don't know what you want to say like um they were very uh, understanding and they just they, they let us you know they would work around the, the all the mess you know and right. they didn't care they were excited so yeah that's how we got in there and it was actually right across the road from the community center too. well that's a that's a life le- life lesson right there too people of of building relationships with folks and it sounds like you were able to build a relationship with a guy that was able to get you into a spot that you had your eye on. And if you don't have a relationship with him, who knows where you'd be? Uh, I, you know, that's a really good point. And we, I still thank him to this day. He stops in once in a while and he'll say hi and, and he'll just look at the building and people working out and he'll just laugh and shake his head and, walk out you know he's he's a he loves it he's just all for young entrepreneurs you know so well just uh from the stuff i see on social media of course i've never been there i want to get there one of these days but you have kids working out you have old people i shouldn't say old people because i'm one of those old people (laughs) now you have people from all ages sizes shapes working out in this gym and every time i see these videos or pictures or whatever it makes me proud because it's like man he he took a a vision in his head and made it happen and maybe there's people that doubted you who knows it doesn't really matter you probably even doubted yourself like you said because of the fear but you stepped into it instead of stepping away from it and you made it happen so hats off to you and i'm proud of you for doing that man that's awesome thank you yeah, you know, it, there is a, quite an age range in there, but I got a good one for you. Our, our our needs don't differ in type; they differ in in magnitude. So, mm-hmm. you know, you might you might one guy might squat a thousand pounds. Grandma, you can do a box squat. Same, we have the same needs. You need to sit on the toilet once in a while, don't you? Amen you know, if you guys that. get up and down. <laughs> dinner table <laughs> amen to that and now that the business is up and running it's a is it a seven day a week thing like so i know it's sunday well it's yeah sunday morning here sunday morning for you just different times but is that something where you're going to go into the gym today or do you have to take days off or how does that work for you it's uh six days uh, monday through friday it's pretty steady 6 a.m to um uh, five thirty. Uh, six thirty, I mean, and then on Saturday we got one class at nine. It goes from like nine to ten thirty, and mm-hmm. that's it. So people hang out after and do the whatever they need to do, squats or whatever. But it's uh, um, I don't get sick of it. I don't feel burned out or anything. I I love being there because I I love fitness, you know. And that's that that okay term, pretty broad fitness, yeah. you know. We'll take it. I love it. It's uh it's not my passion. <laughs> we, we second time. <laughs> we the reason that uh Pete and I are, we use that word passion and take back the years that Pete and I have stayed in contact with each other, we we kind of make fun of that word, especially when it deals with the whole self improvement and the whole fitness and Oh, I'm just not passionate today, so I'm not going to work out. Or I'm I'm not passionate today about filling the blank about whatever you probably should be doing. No one cares if you're passionate. Get up and do it, and the passion <laughs> will follow. Some days you're not going to be passionate about it. 
Pete just got done saying that he hasn't missed a, he can count on his hand how many times he's missed working out in the last however many years. Every day you wake up, there might be one of those days where, ah, not really feeling it. Maybe Pete's a little different. There's days I wake up and I'm not feeling it, but I still do it, whether I'm passionate about it or not. But that's something we make fun of or, yeah, I guess you could say make fun of because it's one of those catchphrases or, or the other one for me is find your why. Like, <laughs> you don't have to, everyone knows, 99% of people, they know what their why is already. They just don't want to go out and get it or they don't want to chase it or they don't want to pursue it because, well, kind of like you, like you even admitted to yourself and me that it, it, there's a fear involved. I have, the one I'm all over right now is uh, is hope. I like that one. Okay, at least we got hope. Hope for what? Yeah, it gives you an out. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna throw my hands in the air and, and let uh, let things go. I'm not gonna take initiative. <laughs> no, I just throw. Yeah, like I remember Frederick Frederick Duck. And another thing, Pete and I have done over the years, we share quotes, we share stories from different philosophers, and we share that kind of. And I remember back in, uh, this was back in 2011 when I was dealing with some shit with my addiction and my, and I was struggling big time. And Pete didn't know this. I didn't throw this at Pete, but he was still one of those guys that was on my side. Whether he knew it or not, he was helping me get through what I was getting through at the time just by his presence and him being there and someone to laugh with and someone to share quotes with. and this, that, and the other, but I remember one I sent to you, you might not even remember this, but it's by Marcus Aurelius, and it's each day, or no, that was another one, each day provides its own gifts by Marcus, but it's, um, you have power over your mind, not outside events, realize this, and you will find strength, and I sent that to you. What's that? (laughs) Is that a pick to kiss? That's, no, that's Marcus, that's Marcus Aurelius right there. Yeah, but I remember I sent that to you back in 2011. And I think that might have been when we started our, like, oh, he's in, like, you knew who Marcus Aurelius was. I didn't even know if you know who that guy was, but you're like, then you started sending me quotes from, you know, other stoic philosophers. And I was like, oh, Pete's on board with that too. So it was just another thing that we connected on right off the bat. And stoicism, it's, it's hard. I mean, it takes, you got to work at it because your emotions are so, you know, they're immediate and they're mm-hmm. powerful, but it, it's, uh, it's tough. And I'm not saying I'm perfect, but it, <laughs> it's tough, but it's cool though. I think the main thing that that's helped teach me with, you know, stoic philosophy and studying it a little bit and trying to stay on top of it is recognizing your triggers. Like, cause we all have shit yeah. that gets under our skin that upsets us that can get us off track but if you can recognize those early then it's a lot easier to just like step off the line and not let yourself like detach and not let yourself get wrapped up in this emotional roller coaster but again it takes work you have to i still have to work at it i'm going on 50 and there's things that will trigger me into like wanting to like just fly off the handle and and i know yeah. that like for you, and we haven't touched on this yet. How long have we been talking? All right, we still got. I don't know. It's forty-five minutes. We got an hour, so we still got time. Um, one thing that we haven't touched on yet that, and again, I was Pete's teacher starting out. I was his, I guess, a teacher, you know, Jedi leader. You're my Padawan, kind of thing. Whatever, whatever word you want to put on it. But now you're an adult. And you're a dad, and you, you were a dad way before I ever became a dad. So you've been kind of someone that I've used as a teacher, someone that's leading me into like this new, newfound role that I have as being a dad. So if I ever have questions to ask, I might throw one out at Pete, and he'll, okay, talk about this, that, and the other. But that's another thing that makes me proud of you is – because it, it hasn't been easy for you. It hasn't been an easy road being a dad. And you want to talk about that? Is that something you want to throw out? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, you know, 
I'm not a role model necessarily. <laughs> I got two kids with two different women. And uh, I got another kid on the way with my wife, but, um, yeah, so my one son, he lives a little, about 12 hours away from me. Um, but I, you know, I see him quite often, call him every day to talk on the phone. He's, um, he does really look up to me and love me. And I have a, we have a really special relationship. Um, and it's been tough, you know, um, being that far away. I, you know, I don't want to get too much into that. I don't really want to bring into his mom's relationship. Of course, yeah, yeah. With me. But um, my son, you know, he's a he's a good kid. He's he's a, one of the top of his of his class. He, you know, he's a, um, he's got a little bit of me in him. You know, mm-hmm. he gets. Uh, he wants to work out. He just I just talked to him uh yesterday and he, he deadlifted 145 pounds. How so old he is he now? Proud of <laughs> 13. Jesus. Time um, flies. Yep, you know, he's just kinda hitting that puberty, you know. He's kinda kinda stinks. Mm-hmm. So I teach him about hygiene, you know, and <laughs> I got him deodorant, thinks that's cool. Showed him how to shave, you know. With her picture, you know, obviously I got a little going on here. I got a shape too, but he, uh, yeah, he's a, he loves that kind of stuff. Like, what do I, uh, what's next in being a man? You know, what he showed me is, uh, he's always looking in his armpits. When's that hair coming? (laughs) (laughs) He wants to be a man. He's, he he likes working, he likes the idea of working out, but when it gets tough, you know, he, he kind of realizes, like, oh man, I got to do this too. Actually, like, I don't just dream up a workout and then it happens. It know? magically appears, and the results magically come. Not happening like that. You actually, got to <laughs> put in the work. And uh, well, that's another thing too is uh, about my son is uh, baseball. We're, you know, we're kind of coming full circle here. We're back to influencing and teaching, and right. I think we started what seventh grade health class or yeah. tenth grade anyway he uh i met his mom when i played baseball in college and that's um down in, down in missouri that's where he lived so that's how that came about so baseball brought me my my son so and i have a daughter she's she's gonna be sick here in a little bit and uh she's my my shadow uh-huh. she's at my side she's in gymnastics she can swim she does it all she's probably gonna be smarter than me for sure um which is scary because she's got some she's reading reading books you know mm-hmm. kindergarten you know really proud of her proud of both my kids now are um, they at, are they they're not going to school in Monaga they're in Purim they're in, we're in uh town next to from Detroit Lakes. Oh, okay. Detroit live. Lake. DL. Yeah. Yeah, DL. So shout out to DL. Shout out to the, <laughs> the Perkins. I remember eating at the Perkins many of times at that DL or the there, yeah, there's a Perkins oh, in man. DL, right? Right off Highway Ten. Yeah, they just shut it down. They shut yep. down Perkins? And in fifty I know. Well, it's because they give too many deals. I mean, I'm like, man, five bucks for all that, you know? <laughs> so they. It, it does all that. I didn't know Perkins shut down. I thought Perkins was one of those spots that just always existed. They shut so many down. I, it was like, who doesn't like Perkins? Yeah, pancakes and you know? whatever. But because of business? I I, I don't know. I, I oh. can't. I don't want to say it. Yeah. Stay. Uh, I something false but i i know like they were trying to save some money or maybe bankruptcy i don't know you've oh. heard all the well just oh. don't don't quote me on any of this oh hey it's a, it's already it's already been recorded so whatever it's, uh, dang it. it's all just speculation people we don't know why perkins and dl <laughs> shut down we're just speculating we don't know so whoever's listening and nope. upset but we uh, uh, yeah whatever but the last time i ever ate there was like back in college so i whatever Sorry, Perkins. Um, da- da- daughter, is is she in kindergarten or is she going to be in kindergarten? 
she is in kindergarten. So yeah. she just had her 100th day of school last and, week. And they're going to, and then I, I suppose they're going to do a kindergarten graduation. And everyone's going to. They did for preschool, which was interesting. I, I'm not sure about that. We do have a daddy daughter dance in a couple of weeks coming up. Oh. Here, so. And you have to get all dressed up like suit and tie kind of thing or what are you, you going to rock you know that's what i'm most worried about that i will show up like you know dumb and dumber like jim carrey you yeah. know i or... say you may as well just go all out <laughs> just find one rent it out go orange yeah ultimately it's for my daughter so i mean i would gladly look like a fool at her expense so <laughs> so she could <laughs> feel proud i got her a, a dress so her, her mom got her a dress it's a uh, elsa from uh what was that show frozen disney movie oh frozen yeah i've i've, I've i'm becoming an expert on disney movies because my wife kenyatta she likes having disney movies on at night to help her help her <laughs> mind you know yes. she's, she's a numbers person so she's her mind's always going and when I first got here, she'd always have Disney movies on. It was like this, uh, she had a lineup, and it was like Frozen was one of them. And I got, I have that song constantly running in my head now. It's on like repeat, Elsa. Yeah, go Elsa, Frozen. <laughs> Get ready. Oh. And bam, the next few years, you're going to be watching the same movie. She's going to find one, and you're gonna, it's going to be on all the time. Because repetition is in. I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to steer towards like Clone Wars or something with Star Wars theme at least, so I can help stomach it with her. My daughter liked the Mandalorian, so that was cool. That's we a could plus. watch that together. And I Boba, mean, the book of Boba exactly. Fett. I haven't got into that yet. It looks awesome. I've heard it's good, good but it's not great. If you ask my brother, he would say it sucked, but he thought Boba Fett came off. <laughs> He he said Boba Fett came off looking like a punk. I liked oh, it. Well, but he's he's a more Boba Fett guy than I am. I don't want to try to talk Star Wars with you because I I would probably insult you. I I would say something. Hey, you wrong, can always you talk know? Star Wars. We can talk Star Wars. I'm not. I have a Boba. <laughs> I have a Boba Fett helmet. I'm looking at right now, right up here, but. I liked it. I thought it was kind of cool, just nostalgic, but my brother was not happy about it. He was pretty bitter. Um, before our time runs up, we're going to have to do another episode because we're going to run out of stuff to talk about because we haven't even touched on. Uh, I, wanted to talk, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about Shane, too, and I know if we, once we start talking about him, that could go on for a long time. But let's, uh, um, before we wrap up, let's touch on Shane a little bit because Shane was in your grade, little 10th grader, when you guys were coming up in Monaga. He played basketball for me. I did a podcast about him, and uh, you guys were like brothers. That's correct, yep. Texted, talked every single day. Um, You know, the day he died, we were texting that morning, you know. So, yeah, that's... uh, I, I remember the first time I met him, even. I walked into kindergarten, <laughs> Monaga, and he was in my class. And I remember, like, who is this little guy that has all this charisma and all these friends so quick? And, like, you know, charisma, that's a word that, you know, describes his trait. Like, he's he had charisma. You know, people just like to be around him. Yeah, he had a, but it, that was a he had a it, it factor. Yeah, you can't, that's stuff you can't teach, you know, it's just Not personality that people, gender, you know, they, they value. So, you know, he was uh, my friend since that day, you know, we, I'd go to his, his uh, mom's house a lot, uh, mom and dad, Dave and Mel. Dave and Mel, people. shout out to both of them, yes. <laughs> and, uh. Yeah, so they would just, it was like, you could do whatever you want. They'd just let you come over. You could, like, sometimes Mel would make me a sandwich. You know, just like she just. Yeah, like she was your mom. That's the way she was with me. It was like a second mom I had in Monaga was her. 
And she was. I've told this story before on the show, but meeting Shane or getting to know Shane as a basketball player when he when I, we needed we we're doing that a drill and I needed someone to step up and lead, and no one would do it. Everyone's looking at each other. We had seniors on the team staring at each other, and all of a sudden, this little kid with his slim shady haircut and his big glasses and all of a sudden stepped to the front of the line and I just looked at him like okay that's my point guard I don't know if he's any good I don't know what he, if he can even shoot but I like the fact that he had the balls to step up in front and lead and he was a leader he, he had that natural people were drawn to him and it it, it was a no-brainer for me and I remember when you called me or, and let me know about him passing it was just like uh I can't even that was that was last time you and I talked on the phone, yeah, literally, and that was probably the only time we talked since you left because it was always via text, yeah, we always talked yep. about always text, which pe might some yeah. people might think is crazy, like how often do you talk to Pete, and I'm like, we don't talk, we just text, but he's <laughs> always there, like even i mean if if I wanted to call him, I could call him or if he but we just don't there's a and then I remember even, I can't remember who I was talking to and let them know that maybe it was Kenyatta, but they were like, so you guys don't talk? I was like, no. Well, what, what are you guys going to talk? I was like, I ain't worried about us, what, what we're going to talk about. I'm sure it'll be just like we just picked up from the last time we talked or the last time we saw each other. And then they were like, well, when did you see him last? And I'm like, 2005, probably. Last time I was in, but yeah. So it was. Yeah, he, um, that day, you know, I always say that probably was the worst day of my life. Yeah. You know, that was the Shane. Shane died. Um, I remember what I was doing. I was, I was typing. I was typing the word coconut. That's how much I remember it. I remember I was typing coconut oil to, to a, a, a client inquiring about, uh, like, cooking or something like that. And my roommate. At the time, Mike Basso. Mike, shout out to Mike. Monaga ambassador. We were both living in Purim. I heard him go, oh, oh boy, or something like that. And he, I remember he said those words. And, I mean, your your body goes numb. You're in disbelief. You don't know what to do. You know, mm -hmm. I, uh, it was a, it was a, I don't want to get into, like, you know, his passing, you know. Right. If you wanted to talk about, you know, but that was that was a significant day in my my life, you know, because he was like you said, he was one of my best friends, and uh, and you know, like his his legacy. He's a uh, we've already touched on the charisma, the the it factor. One thing I was going to say about basketball. Go ahead. From ninth ninth to tenth grade, he I don't know what he was was eaten or what but he had such an improvement and i remember him putting you know he was 15 to 25 points a game he would drive throw the ball up and somehow it would go in this kid who was five foot six or whatever yeah, five, he was nothing. and he's you know <laughs> six three right you know forwards and you know like he'll uh, somehow i was i would go just to watch him and Seth Royko, another good ball player. Yeah, Shout out to Seth. Too. Yeah, Shane was he was fearless, and he look again. That's stuff you can't coach. Were there more talented players out there? Of course, but if I had to pick anyone to lead a team, it would have been him. And I'm glad I was had the opportunity to coach him and be around him. And just like you, Shane was also that guy. He was always like between you and him. You guys never, we never lost contact and. Keep, I keep re repeating that, but did I talk to Shane on the phone every day? No, but every single day there was a text message and there was a something, or he was sending me a Michael Jordan figure that he found at the at the Hobby Lobby or something, and you it was always something, and you never he was always a part of my life, just like you've been. So that's what's always. I just want to thank you for always being that guy and being by my side, even when you did again, didn't even know your the important role you played for me when I was going through some shit, getting out of the dark and you were there and you were a light for me at that time. 
Hey, you, uh, I mean, absolutely. And, you know, I, that was a time in my life when I was figuring shit out too. You know, I was, you know, I have things going on in my life too, you know, and it's, uh, sometimes you, you vent things, just saying things, you know, just to somebody else or, you know, a lot of times you already know the answer, right? Right. You just want to, <laughs> you know what the answer is. And sometimes you ask people hoping that they're going to give you the easy way out. They tell you the right answer that you know <laughs> deep in your head. <laughs> and that, like, even yeah. did anyone, when when you were uh, when you were getting ready to change careers and go on your own, did anyone ever try to steer you another direction and say, bad idea? Uh, nobody ever said a, any bad ideas. I, 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 I'm trying to think. There was no naysayers. They were all pretty supportive. But yeah. the main thing was was uh that they there was a few people that you know hey this is the reality you're gonna have to get insurance you're gonna have you know all that kind of stuff it's gonna be work but like i have a lot of friends that have their own businesses and uh and they're like do it like you don't have anything to lose you're still young and you know so there's a lot there's more support than uh than they say and um, yeah, again, I'm so proud of you for doing that and just seeing the growth of that place and seeing the the crowds and the the buzz and the movement and it 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 makes me proud of you because I know it's not easy to leave something that's comfortable. <laughs> if we get comfortable, we want to stay in that little comfort zone and to step out of it and to lean into fear, which is exactly what you did. You leaned right into it. On the other side of that is use whatever word you want to use, but on the other side of it, something special and you've got it now. But again, there's work. It's not, it's not all sunshine and rainbows, not all passion and, and, uh, you know, all the other hope and all those other stupid catchphrases people want to use. It's, it's still work. You still got to work at it, but when you like doing it and again, I got, I have to say passion because you are passionate about it. You are passionate about it. It is something you are passionate about. So let's face it. You like getting up every morning and going and doing what you do. I do. It's, uh, there's sometimes I wake up. I'm not as early as you. I'm about 4.45 I wake up. <laughs> not, not, a, not a 2 a.m. That guy, 3 a.m., whatever so you're two, at now. 2 a.m. So, yeah, and I, I have my routine mindlessly go through that routine and and uh and head to the gym you know try to be the first one there and it's uh yeah i i love it people that are there you know it's they're paying to be there taking time out of their day so i always try to consider that Mm -hmm. you know it's not about me all the time either although yeah it is my business but i you know some people drive a long ways and some people brave elements you know like we've had bad snow these past few weeks you know so right there's always those factors that i try to take a step back and consider you know what well, good can i do today yeah you're being of service right? and when you're when you're being of service that you're not only helping others but you are helping yourself and that's one thing when you're giving yeah. back to the community you're giving back to those people that are and that's a great way to put it. They're they're coming back. They're coming there. They're sacrificing their time. They're sacrificing their energy. They're fa- sacrificing their money for you to give them yep. a service, and you're providing it for them. And it's obviously working because a lot of people are showing up to do it. Yeah, and and like like you said, uh, sacrifice. They're making that choice, right? Choices you choose. Little shout out to your book. <laughs> shout out, yes. By the way, it's on sale now. <laughs> you said what now? Where can we... <laughs> tell us where we can get the book? <laughs> oh shoot! I'll I'll post a link on the on the on this on this podcast on Tuesday. You choose book, written by me. <laughs> I'm glad you got a copy of that. You even sent a picture of yourself. But not this Christmas it was last Christmas. It's like. 
perfect because you can like if you don't want to read too much it's only like what what do you have like a page and a half simple little topics stuff that makes sense it's like a little handbook it's not even a book i would just call it like a little handbook i got i got a good topic for you maybe for the next one we can get into it but what's that i've noticed you say uh, i'm i'm not an expert so what is an expert is that declared by our peers or do we declare that i mean you don't go to school to be an expert right hell no (laughs) and i did like it I I haven't said that yet today, people, but I am not an expert on anything. I guess the only thing I'm probably an expert on, uh, I'm an expert in, is uh, getting back up. Falling down and getting back up. If that takes expertise, I I might have an expert uh, expertise on that. But other than that, I'm, I don't know. I just put it out there. Experience. <laughs> not, yeah, I... It's an interesting word, and I was listening to your your episode on procrastination, and you said that, and that I was like, man, what what is an expert? And you watch TV or the news, and they always bring an expert on. Yeah. You know? How, how so did you become you get, an expert on that? <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, when do you get that? So when uh, anyway, because we're that, at we're at. Jesus, we're at one minute and ten or one hour and ten ten minutes right now. You're gonna come back oh, next man. week. You want to come back next week? Yeah. All right, people. Have me on. I'm gonna have you on. Be ready. So we're gonna. I'm gonna sign out. I'm gonna mute you, Pete. And so I'm not gonna do any like uh, goodbye kind of things. We'll, we'll you'll be back next week. So people, Pete has been muted. I'm gonna mute myself here in a second. One minute seven seconds or one hour seven seconds we talked we shared and we're gonna do it again next time make it a great day i'm out you never know where you're going if you don't look back hold it tight like a fist forward phase the black you got a relic best to keep it true a ticket to the past it can bring you to you got a relic you come far and feel